Hello, this is Sold, a podcast to help you buyers and sellers meet. There's so many property podcasts out there, but the majority of them are talking to investors and trying to get people to become investors. This podcast is for normal people who are looking to buy and sell and try and navigate the complex and confusing world of the property market. My name is Ollie Lucraft. I've been an estate agent for a while, an estate agent based down in Brighton and Hove. So every week I'll be talking about a new topic, either with someone who's an expert in their field or someone who's in the process of making a move or has just made a move. So here we are. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for listening. Hello everyone. Welcome to Sold. My name's Ollie um, and this is a podcast for people who are looking to move. So today I'm talking to the wonderful Zoe DePass and her lovely husband Ben. Um, some of you may know Zoe as Dress Like a Mum on various social media platforms. But yes, yeah, so I met Zoe and Ben when they were looking for properties to buy down in Brighton Hove. So they were doing what a lot of other families around here do and what I did in fact, which is make the move out of London down to the coast. And we talk a bit about sort of what went into their, their sort of thought process about that move and also sort of where, where else they looked because they were really frank and they they basically looked at anywhere on the south coast which was within a relatively short distance to London so um, they talk about that and sort of how they sort of almost by accident found Brighton and Hove. Yeah so that's when I met them and we saw some properties together they are buying another house at the moment through um, the firm that I work for but it's I think a really interesting chat about what went into their sort of reasoning and how they made that move with the family and for me one of the really interesting things is that they sold their property in London and decided to rent down here to put themselves in as they called it um, basically the best the best position they could be as buyers so they sort of not an easy decision to make because they've got three kids obviously what's happened since they've moved is that we've had the coronavirus lockdown and they took a, a short-term rental and obviously they picked that on the basis they weren't going to be there for a long time weren't going to be in the space all the time without any outside space without a garden having just come from a house with a garden zoe ben and i will, will talk about this and as if it's normal we, we appreciate that we're all in a very privileged position to have these conversations but i think it's interesting to get someone's perspective on it when they've gone from being in a certain situation and then obviously change that and then things in the world have changed beyond their control so I think it's a really interesting chat um, but yeah please as always um, subscribe you know I'd love to hear people's thoughts if there's any questions that people have if there's anything that we speak about here that you're not sure about or you want some further clarification on please do get in contact love to hear people's comments questions thoughts um, and who knows, you might inspire another episode of, the, of uh, the podcast. So here you go. This is my chat to Zoe and Ben about their move from London down to Hove. Yeah, so we're currently sitting. I'm in Hove, as are you guys, in your in your new flat. How is it? Well, it's underground, our flat. It's actually not our new flat. It's a rented flat. And we've been here. So we moved on the Friday and lockdown came into action on the Monday. So we've been in the flat, but we haven't really been out of the flat. Um, I mean, we have obviously to, uh, to what we're allowed, but we haven't been to a local pub or any restaurants or uh, met any neighbours or, yeah. And we don't have a garden, which has been quite uh, inconvenient with three young kids. Wow. That is um, that is impressive. <laughs> yeah. I- I'm impressed that you've made it this far and you're you're clearly still together which is yeah <laughs> yeah unless this is all a show in which case um 
we've got to keep appearances up. <laughs> That's amazing. So you're right in the centre of Hove at the moment, aren't you? Yeah, so we're right on the seafront. And um, we obviously, well, so what happened really was we sold our place in London, but we couldn't find anywhere to buy. So we came up with a clever plan to rent a short, short-term short let um, and take advantage of all the properties that would come, o- come on in the spring. Yeah. Um, so the reason we took this flat was because it's like right on the seafront. Uh, it's really near the school we wanted the kids to go to. Um, and it was a really flexible rental contract. So we kind of, it, we would, it, we planned to be here for three months and, um, the maximum we can stay is five, which is how long will we would have been here. We everything changed obviously with lockdown, and I think we wouldn't have rented this flat if we'd known we would have been here for five months. But it, it's still great, you know, and it is right on the beach, and we yeah we love being here, so that's not a bad thing. But it's just yeah. not super practical for a family who are going to be here twenty four seven. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's not many places in the world that are practical for a family. <laughs> We're not having the outside space is probably a bit of a killer. But, oh man, that um, that sucks. So you sold in London, and was the plan always to move down here? The plan was that we looked at everywhere. We went from no exaggeration from Margate and Broadstairs round to. Uh, Hastings, we looked at Folkestone, we looked at Southampton, we looked wow. all over. Um, I don't know. We'd sort of we just, wanted to be near the coast. We wanted to be near yeah. the coast and we thought, oh, we had this idea that we were going to cash in on like London house prices and like like for some reason we had it, or, or I particularly had it in my head, I was like, well, we're going to be mortgage free. Um, yeah. And then we got down here and we actually went to a friend's 40th birthday party and it was so nice. And we we sort of wandered along the front, and we were like, "Why are we not looking in Brighton? This is bonkers." Um, and like, and then why why do we need to like pay off our mortgage? We're like, you know, we're in our sort of late thirties, you know, early forties. You know, we we, should, we don't need to do this. So we're like, right, let's let's commit to here. And then from then on, we were like totally convinced this was the right decision. Yeah, and also like, yeah. Um, the schools we liked around here more than anywhere else we looked. Um, and also our families are kind of in the kind of Surrey area. So this isn't too far from them. Whereas like Hastings and Margate was going to be a huge mission for them, um, like grandparents and stuff. So, and it's quite near London and we think, well, we hope to be going in and out of London again at some point. Yeah. So it just made sense for us. Yeah. And then do you have to go in and out of London for work? Or did um, you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, everything's changed. I will have to, I expect at some point, I used to like, when we were living in Peckham, um, I used to go in and out of central London all day. You know, I used to go in the morning, come back and go back for the evening because it was so convenient. Mm. So I'll kind of consolidate my time when I do go to London um if I'm going to an event or like having meetings or press days or whatever, I'll try and d- just manage my time a bit better. So I'll only have to go in, but I just don't know. I mean, times are changing. Yeah. Nice to be able to, and it's nice, you know, that it doesn't seem that much of a hassle when we were house hunting or looking for nurseries and schools. I, you know, I tested out the commute, getting the train down here and it was pretty easy. So. Yeah. And you, Ben, are you going to have to travel in? 
So I'll have to go in a little bit to London. Um, I never really had to go in that much. Um, I I was going, my, the, the company I work for are actually based in Devon. But one of the silver linings of lockdown has been that everyone's now doing far more uh, video calls and everyone else is working from home. So yeah, it's it's that element of it's working out pretty well. Yeah. In terms of your, your sale in London, what was it that made you think oh we need to in, in your words like either pay off our mortgage or actually think about what we're doing was it was it the size of the house or was it something that you'd always thought about living down by the coast and that was a dream well by that point I think we had we'd sold our house or we'd we got a buyer on our house we'd, got, we'd, got, we'd accepted an offer and we were coming down we were looking at lots of places we kept on being either outbid or you know, people were just asking crazy prices, especially in January, the start of this year, when there was a bit of a boom. Everything just went crazy. Uh, our original plan and our preference was, uh, like most people, to come down and move straight into the house that you were going to be living in. But it just became apparent that that, that wasn't going to be that easy. Um, so we thought, right, we're going to sell our, sell our London place. We're going to come down here. As Zoe said, we're going to be all set up, have all the cash in the bank, be a really attractive buyer, and then we'll be ready to go. So that was the idea, the idea that we would put ourselves in a really good position. But the reason we wanted to sell and move out of London, like it was something we'd always planned. You know, we didn't really want the kids to grow up in London, mainly just, well, for me, it was a lot of pollution mm-hmm. and lack of space, especially where we lived in Peckham. Also, both Ben and I work at home quite a lot. And we had a, a kind of quite, well, small house, small three bed terrace. And we were just running out of room. We've got three kids, three bedrooms. We needed an office. We didn't have, you know, we had a desk in the nursery or and a tiny garden. And we were just, yeah, we were running out of space. And we also quite like the idea of the kids moving before senior school so our yeah. son's just turned eight um and we wanted to kind of we wanted them to establish some kind of friendships and to also kind of get the lay of the land of what senior schools we'd like them to go to so it was like the kind of age of the kids as well that kind of spurred us on to move and like they've got friends but that you know we didn't want to move them when they were teenagers or you know now's a good age for them to come down and meet some friends and you know and join a school in year four and two in September so that's another reason makes sense that's I mean that that is the move that you see time and time again people sort of when they almost run out of space on their current property or done all the development they can on it and it's just like uh I need <laughs> yeah was that the first place you owned together? So we bought a little basement flat in Hackney in 2009. It was quite derelict. It cost 200 grand. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, it was a right mess, wasn't it? It was in a really, at the time, it was a really dodgy bit of Hackney still. We knew, we did know, we had a feeling that it was up yeah, and coming yeah, and yeah. the road was really nice, but it was off the Lower Clapton Road. It, it was, it's... It was near it was an like, area called Chatsworth Road, which is actually now a really desirable place to live. Um, now it's yeah. mentally expensive as well. But like, I think Hackney is now. It's, it's, that's like the um, Hackney and Walthamstow, are like the example yeah. of what happens when people clock on to an area that's really cheap. Isn't it? Exactly, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Leighton and all that. But um, yeah, I was actually born in Leighton as well. So. Were you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah we, we lived in Walthamstow Village and then we moved out to north of Cambridge they did the move that kind of you just done really yeah Um, out of London didn't didn't fancy our kids growing up in London sort of style thing but say you bought a 
forgive the phrase, but absolute dive in Hackney. Yeah. Thinking that prices were going to go up and then happy days did loads of work to it and, and they did. Is that, <laughs> is that rough? Exactly. So we, um, yeah, so we bought this kind of, yeah, basement flat. It was only um, on a three-storey kind of terrace. So there was a maisonette above us and we had this um, little garden and it was a one bed actually. Um, and we moved kind of the bathroom into the middle of it and we had this kitchen, open plan kitchen, sitting room, dining bit at the back. And then the bedroom was at the front. Fortunately, I'm from a family of designers. So my dad's an interior designer. So we utilized them and they helped us kind of design it. And then we just kind of got some builders and roped in all our mates. And we just kind of went for it. You know, it was a complete mess. We we were renting, well, we were renting in London Fields. There was a slight crossover, but obviously we didn't have that much money. So we had to get it livable as soon as possible because we couldn't afford rent and mortgage. But it actually would have been impossible to live there. We had to go and stay with some mates um, in Hackney. So we rented a room off them for a bit um, while we made the flat livable. Um, Yeah, and then it was a great flat. And then from there, we sold that and moved on my due date with our first child and luckily what 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 we managed to do really well is that we moved Hackney the prices had gone up quite a lot but Peckham they hadn't so we they hadn't yet basically so and we knew this we knew that Peckham was a kind of the next area that people would be moving into so we that was the move we made and we took a chance on the area that we moved to in Peckham you know, that is an area called Queen's Road, Peckham, which now is quite cool, but it was the wrong side of Peckham mm. 2012 when we moved there. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't the Bellenden Road area where everyone wants to live, but actually it was kind of near Nunhead. And when we went to Nunhead, the estate agent was like, oh yeah, have you seen Nunhead Village? And both Ben and I got to Nunhead we Village like, in inverted we comments. Like, village? It's in a village. <laughs> I love how estate agents just give anything a name. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, have you heard of the uh, Clock Tower Village? (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, it was it turned out to be an awesome move because we were looking, we were like going, oh, like we want to be in the posh bit of Peckham, and actually this place was far more fun. I had like like we massively lucked out there in that then they they bought in an overland train station that would take you to sort of Shoreditch in that way within about fifteen minutes. So place completely changed mm. from the what we bought in 2012 we knew this though we did know that there was a railway coming kind of I don't think we really knew it was going to change as much as it did um, yeah I mean but we liked it anyway you know we kind of it was it was a good move whatever but we, we did luck out change more than I thought it would what you're saying is you guys are the best at picking up and coming places you know touch wood, like any like grand strategy or really not much thought other than that a place that's kind of fun yeah but you say that but i you, i knew that oh, i knew okay, that peckham okay. was gonna I know, be hindsight cool. is a marvelous thing isn't it <laughs> <laughs> i knew that chatsworth road was up and coming and i knew that peckham was up and coming we did wing it slightly but we we kind of knew a bit. I, I'm not sure Hove though. Hove seems quite pricey, but but then I think I think as we as we were saying before, like when we were looking at other places, I feel like we have done our prospecting of new areas. Yeah, we pioneered those. We've pioneered, yeah, we've pioneered the. Someone the, else can do it now. We've we got three kids home. now. We need something that's a bit more. Now it's time to get into middle, middle class life in Hove, right? I'm afraid so. Hopefully, yeah. 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 But, I mean, jump on the bandwagon because that's what everyone else is doing. I know. So you've moved three times 
in 12 years or so? Uh, three times. 12 years, yeah. 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 So, I mean, obviously you spoke about the idea was to move down here, put yourselves in a phenomenal position to buy, and then, boom, lockdown. Yeah. Yeah. And that just put a real spanner in the works in terms of going out to see stuff or just, in general, your plans? It, of, yeah, well, I think it, it put a spanner in the works to go and see stuff. Um, in a weird way, it allowed us to settle down here a bit in the fact that we were allowed yeah. to have a couple of months where it was really just, you know, literally just the family, um, which, once again, was a bit of a silver lining. You know, it felt like it was it was a sort of moment of reflection. And then in terms of the houses, they, you know, then, then there was this big concern about, you know, is there going to be complete economic meltdown? Um, and we're, we're, you know, there's part of you that's, oh, this is great because you've got loads of money in the bank. But then you think it through and you think, no, it's an absolute disaster considering both in, both Zoe's and I, I's jobs rely on this. And the fact that we thought, well, maybe people will just stop prop- putting properties on the market as well. So actually the fact that it's sort of stayed fairly buoyant isn't probably such a bad thing. It's meant that we haven't been able to, you know, cash in on selling our London property and then suddenly finding you're in this, you know, downward spiral of a market but I, th- I think we prefer it like it is i think yeah i think most people would say okay fine i'm, I'm pleased that property prices haven't fallen 20 percent because uh, if they have the, the world's going to end <laughs> yeah. sure. it's right. been really annoying though to i mean it's because i mean yeah like ben said there was a nice part where you know we were living our lives in london at such a fast pace and like you know dropping mm-hmm. kids to school and work and da, 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 da. and if it had just carried on as normal we would have just had to kind of roll into that pace straight away in Hove. But actually the lockdown forced us to chill out for a bit, get some rest, not go anywhere and like, yeah, kind of refocus. But it's been really frustrating because also we're kind of stuck in this weird limbo land where we can't really get on with our our lives. And, you know, if we were in a house that we owned, like we could have used lockdown, you know, we could have painted things or done gardening or I mean you know, that would have been that would have been ideal, but yeah. considering our situation, I'm just very very thankful that we sold when we did in London. We got out that we're not stuck in. We could have easily been stuck in London, and then we'd have felt so frustrated. And, yeah, you know, even if we, then we'd got another buyer again or whatever, it would have just felt like then those three months have been really wasted. Whereas actually, I feel like you know, as I said, it's allowed us to come down here, get ourselves in a in a kind of mentally in state of being in Brighton. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, there's all there's there, there's clearly could have been a better way of doing it, but I'd much prefer this than to what yeah. it could have been. Yeah, it's been. I mean, I've been. It's been weird because, like, during lockdown, we'd I'd still be checking right move, just like, oh, kind, come on, I want to like yeah. move on, and then nothing comes on, or then you think like, well, what about this house, you know? And you're like, well, I don't really like it, but there's nothing else to look at. But then things started coming on and. You know, we we saw quite a lot and seen loads. <laughs> seen so many. Yeah. How many do you think you've seen in this that's in this move out of London in total? Actually, no idea. It must be mm. close to twenty, mm. or maybe not. Even. That's less than I thought. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I would say. I would say less than twenty, probably. But I mean, hours yeah. on right move. God. Oh, right, phenomenal, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, you must be right expert by now. Uh, well, I am. Yeah, I could. Uh, yeah, navigate, navigate it like nothing else. But I think loads of my friends have also said they've been searching right move. And then you're like, well, why, while I'm here, why don't I just check out properties in Ibiza? I go online. I'm like, oh, I wonder. 
I wonder what I could get in uh, in the south of Spain. Yeah. And then three hours later, when I'm supposed to be at evaluation, I'm still perusing properties in the south of Spain. It's like, <laughs> you turn up, rock up like 10 minutes later, like, I'm really sorry, I was just living my, my fake life. <laughs> I just bought a flat for 20 grand in the south of Spain, but it's got no bathroom or toilet. So, you know. Yeah, I think we're all doing Yeah, that. fine. All right. At least I'm not on my own then. That's good. <laughs> I mean, what did you start off looking for? You obviously, you mentioned that your place that in London, you, you knew you were sort of outgrowing it. Did you have an idea in your mind of, this like this is what we need or this is the number of bedrooms we need or was it more a case of right let's find the area first and then find the property we like um i had a very high demand on what we wanted a high demand a wish list a big wish list what was that the dressing room that was my favorite <laughs> that was my favorite thing that anyone said to me like that year <laughs> i remember we saw this house and i i, I was like I reckon Zoe and Ben are going to love this house. And yeah. we got up to the first floor and Zoe just said, no dressing room. And I was like, that's it. Game over. I've lost it. Ollie, welcome to my world. <laughs> and a utility room I really want. Yeah. Well, I thought you were. You could... like when, we, when we were getting desperate and we were thinking, oh. That's when you came to see me, right? What, what, yeah. yeah. What, what are we going to compromise on? And I, yeah, Zoe basically wouldn't compromise on anything. <laughs> So like, can we was... not do that? No, we've got to have that. <laughs> I was like, we don't have. I think we've. I think we've exhausted all of our our variables that we could compromise on now. So, so you started off with an idea. How far away from that did you veer, or did you did you get quite close to it in the end? We've got everything we wanted. Ah, oh. yeah. Touch wood. It's all going to go through. Wow. But um, I wasn't going to compromise because I had complete faith and 100% belief that we were going to get everything we wanted. So why would I compromise? We just had to find the right house. Because you were thinking about renting. Did you have the theory of, well, look, if it takes six months, nine months, whatever to find it, I don't care as long as I find it because I'm going to live there for however many years after it. Yeah, pretty yeah. much, yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's a good way to look at it. I think so many people go, I'm under offer, therefore I must find. And they'll, they'll buy yeah, whatever's yeah, yeah. on the market. And five, ten years later, they'll, they'll think, well, maybe even sooner. They'll be like, uh, okay, well, this house doesn't suit us anymore. We've got to move again or we've got to extend it. Exactly. We're, we're in the process of buying our house at the moment, but we want to be in that house for, for the next, however, like 30, 40 years. You know, we, want, we don't want to go anywhere. So some of these houses we were looking at, you know, and let's just say it was a very small garden in one of them. And I was like, well, no, I I just don't want a small garden. Like that's not why we're moving here. And and we've put, we've had, you know, we put a few, quite a few offers on other places. They didn't get accepted, but thank God, because, you know, and, and all those houses, we were compromising on something. Every single house we put an offer on, apart from the current one that's going through, there was a big compromise. Yeah. So everyone that turned it down has got us, got us to this house. that. Mm. These, These things happen yeah. for a reason, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, and as in a, a non-creepy way, I, I drive past that house every day on the way to work. <laughs> so I every day I, I, I'm like, yeah, that is a nice house. Even when I first moved here like two years ago, I used to go past it. I was like, oh, that's a nice house. And now, oh. now it's going to be your house, fingers crossed. You have to come over and uh, have a little uh, cocktail. Um, yeah, I'll be interested to see what you do to it, actually, because I think it would be an amazing property once you've... Um, once you've done what you're going to do to it. I guess two things here. What advice would you give to yourself six months ago? Would you do anything different? And then what advice would you give that 
Zoe and Ben who bought that flat in Hackney or maybe just before, would you do anything different or are you like really happy with how things have worked out in your property journey? I think if I was going to give advice to my ourselves back when we first bought our, our flat in Hackney, we were always looking to do a renovation and do some work on it. And I don't think I'd really understood that if you, you know, d- doing a bedroom doesn't cost you much money, but will add loads of value. So do you mean like adding a bedroom or refurbishing it? Refurbishing. refurbishing it you know I think if you can stretch yourself and I probably could have looked for a two-bedroom we could have looked for a two-bedroom at the time and you know once you've started doing all the work with the kitchen and the bathroom you know if we'd have done that on a two-bedroom we'd have made an absolute killing I mean you know this is all very very like you know hindsight because actually we've done very very well and I'm very thankful for it and maybe we wouldn't have moved to Peckham and done all the things that we've done there but I think yeah, if I was going to give a young person advice, it'd be like, look, just try those first couple of ones. If you're going to do some work on it, just get something bigger. Because by the time you've put all that effort in, you might as well do something that's got a bigger potential to grow. So like, strive to get that second bedroom if you can at the yeah. expense of, of like living in it for a bit longer if you need to save the money to do the work to it, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. But then if we'd thing. got a second bedroom, we probably would have ended up staying there longer because we would have had a baby by that point and then we might not have taken advantage of the Peckham yeah. move, you know, and the price increase in Peckham. So Which probably was better, yeah. Which so. was, yeah. So it's, you know, we, we've, yeah. we're really grateful and pleased with the kind of way we've moved through the property market. What yeah. would you say to ourselves? Six months but, ago. Yeah. If I told myself anything six months ago, yeah. I'd be like, yeah, nice one. You're not yeah, going to Glastonbury. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I don't know. I think we've, we are really pleased. Like Ben said, we could have been stuck now in London or lost our buyer or, um, you know, and it was our buyers who were pressuring us. They want, they were like, we want to move 20th of March, 20th of March. And I was saying, oh, could we have some other, could we have a few extra weeks because the kids' school? And they were like, no, no, no. And we were like, okay, fine, you know will move um if they'd listened to me and gave us another month we could have been stuck in Peckham even more in limbo land because we knew that we wanted to live down here but we were stuck yeah in London kind of thing so so I I mean I think I think the advice back to ourselves is actually we did the right thing which is look when you just want to go just go yeah just get going and you know there's all sorts of reasons you know wasting money on rent or like you know got to just wait and find the right place but or disruption to the kids lives but actually all of that just go if you if you've if you've had enough of a certain area there's nothing it's like being at a party and you know kind of thinking oh we'll just stay for an extra like 15 minutes always drags on better off just leaving yeah nothing good happens after 2 a.m that's what my mum told me when I was like 14 you yeah. say that, but uh, so Zoe, Zoe doesn't live by that. She has a for Zoe, it's everything good happens after two. Zoe has a complete aversion of leaving a party. I'm much better now, I'm much more. She, older, she is, yeah, yeah. Are you uh, do you love, do you love a party? Yeah, I love a party. Talk me through your coming out of lockdown party. Well, it's going to be a big birthday for me this August 40. <laughs> so, uh yeah, so, well, I've we've always planned to do a party in Hove. We were going to rent, you know, somewhere, but actually we're going to combine it with a big moving-in party. So as soon as we get the, the go-ahead to have however many people to a party, we're going to have a massive house party. Unless someone had this idea of you could have 30 for breakfast, 30 for lunch, 30 for dinner, but 
knowing our friends, no one would leave at breakfast. Imagine that. Imagine it's like going to a wedding and then being asked to leave before it all kicks yeah. off. But like, no, uh, no, no I'm going to stay. Now, I'm going to ask you a question that has no uh, reference to me, but what is your experience with estate agents, good and bad? Dun, dun, dun. Um, our experience with estate agents. So this isn't because you're interviewing us, but there's been two estate agents that we've met who we've liked. One's you and one's a guy called Josh. And yeah. who does Josh work for? I can't remember, but uh, another estate agent. You you two are the only um, nice guys we've met that we like, I guess. Not- no, it's been other nice guys, but not ones that we felt like who were really very interested in, you know, actually helping us buy a property. So we've had, we've had very, really, really mixed. You could leave it in as long as you don't mention his name, but he was not, he was just very, um, patronizing, disinterested, verging on rude and not proactive. So this was a house we really liked and we put in an offer and I think we started the offer like a 10% below, I think, asking price. And then so I thought it, was, I mean, it was, it was a very, it seemed very expensive. And it I was thought, an overpriced I, house in our opinion. I thought it was, I thought it was a respectable offer. But when I spoke to him, he was so dismissive. And so I, I just thought, I don't, I just don't want the house anymore. I was thinking about this the other day, actually, if he had phoned me back at certain points over the last month, he would have got me. Um, and the, actually the buyer on that house, we found out they, it all fell through because they worked within the TV industry and they lost both their jobs and the sale of that property didn't go through. And I was saying to Ben, why didn't that agent just call us if up again called, and say, yeah. hi, guys, this property is still available. Would you be interested? Are you st- just are you still looking? Where, where, what's your situation? Wow. Yeah. So oh. that's just an example. There's another really nice guy we met. He worked for Winkworth. And yeah. he was really good because he was just like, look, this is a this is why I've priced this like this. I'm not interested in bidding wars. Um, this was a house, another house that we love. Yeah. yeah, he was a really cool, really cool guy. Just really seemed really straight up. Yeah, he said, "Look, it's it's a really good house. It's really well priced. Just put as much as you can, and we, you know, you you're going to be up against a couple of other people. Don't mess about, you know." And it just seemed like you're like, right, I understand what you're saying here. <laughs> or it's all logical. Let's just see if we can, you know go for it rather than trying to mess around and people trying to offer this and that. And I, I can understand from his point of view, it means you've just got a buyer there who you know that they've got the funds for it. You know, you're not but also wasting what time was, with people. Um, what was quite weird as well for us is because we um, put ourselves in this, in this position of being a cash buyer, in the end it did pay off because the people who we're buying off really didn't want to be in a chain but up until that point it hadn't <laughs> really helped thing. us and actually the <laughs> the house that we just mentioned three people looked around that house we were one of the those people and we were the estate agent said they were we were all in the same situation yeah so they were all rented going wanting to buy this house and we were like oh Oh yeah, I was. I really thought like, okay, you come down your cash buyers, ready to move in like short term rented, will be super super attractive. So I'm putting in these like you know ten percent below asking price, not like you know awful. Offers. And they were starting offers as well. Yeah, we were ready offers, to like negotiate. People were like, no, not a chance. You're not. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? It's like, but the one thing I found from being an estate agent is that like you talk about a hundred thousand pounds as if it's like no money whatsoever. And it's, yeah. it's like, it's really weird. You say to people, it's like, look, you know, you're not quite there. And they're like, right, what, how much do I need to put in? It's like probably another 50 grand. And it's just like, boom, 50,000 pounds here, 10,000 pounds there, 5,000 pounds. And it's just in no other, well, in no other like normal 
part of your life would you talk about money in that way people talk yeah. if it's if it's a, if you're if you're managing a business and you know talking about investment then maybe something you you do but and and also you, you spend other people's money like there's no tomorrow yeah you just come in here just put, a, put an extension on there just redo the kitchen and then you're like that's 200 grand yeah. <laughs> of someone else's money you've just said oh you should just do this to this house that you probably are already at the top of your budget and just didn't add 200 grand's worth on it and it, it'll be it'll be great <laughs> yeah yeah i know we we don't we're not gonna have much money now we've uh We've stretched our budget to the max, so we're going to be, I don't know what we're going to do. We're yeah. just going to be... Beans on taste, crew. Yeah. Creative, yeah. So basically, estate agents who tell the truth are better than estate agents who are slippery. Is that the... Uh... Yes. Oh, do you know, I don't think it's even that. Yeah, but I, some I think... lie. A lot of estate agents lie. They do. They I, can't, I, Generally, they're untrustworthy. I, I think if they're, if they're optimistic people and they're networkers and that they have a level of empathy... They are good estate agents because then, you know, they'll want to keep talking to you because, you know, they'll understand that over your time of looking at a property, you may well change your view and change your situation as we did. So um, and I, I felt the, the good ones would do that. Um, and the other ones were just like no or yes or just had a very binary view of people. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes total sense. It's like um, it is a very people based job and you, you do have to you do have to be able to speak to people, otherwise you've got no chance. But yeah. like, it's not just you can't just be like a Jack the Lad salesman and get away with it. You have to you have to be able to have an ability to think. I think it's probably more important. Mm, and then yeah. even once you get to like like the position that you guys are in now, where you're going through the the whole conveyancing process, like you, you have you can't just be a salesperson and then just do nothing. You have to have an ability to understand that sales process and and talk people through it because yeah you guys have done it a couple of times but there's going to be quirks that come up on the house that you're buying that you probably won't have seen before like little bits and pieces here and there like that like when we bought this house here one of the rules on the title was that it couldn't be used as a free house one of the things that our, that our um, solicitor asked was have has the person ever used it as a free house I was like, well, I, don't, you don't, I don't need you to ask that question of the current owner. I've been to see the house. I know it's not a freaking pub. Like, just like, move on. <laughs> but like, the solicitor was adamant. She was like, no, I, I need this confirmed because it's in the title. And I was like, I don't care. Like, just move on. Like, I've been to the house. I can confirm the man who lives there is not selling yeah, yeah. booze out the front door. Can I just, can just move on? So I need to move. Because we moved three days before uh, our first daughter's first birthday. And we exchanged on the Tuesday and moved on the Friday. It was really, really wow. tight. But that's because the people buying ours were first-time buyers and they'd, they'd given the notice on their rental and not told anyone. And then right. it got to like two weeks before they moved out and they said to the estate agent, right, so we, we're, just, we're all ready to move on whatever the date was, the 14th of April. And the estate agent called me and was like, right, so I've got some good news and bad news. <laughs> It's like the good news is your um, buyer's ready. The bad news is they need to move in two weeks' time. And I was just like, yeah. "You've got to be freaking kidding me, mate! Like, what? Why have they done that?" And obviously, like, you get to have a bit of shorthand once you've done it for a while. But his job is to be like your job as an estate is just to be a buffer between egos as well. Yeah, like, totally. no. I mean, actually, do you know the wor- the worst experience we had was with um, the the uh, the estate agent who sold our property in Peckham. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, I there was various different things that went on there, 
but it got to a point where I, I phoned him up and I said, look, I'm, I'm just really not happy with this. And for these reasons and that reasons, and he, he just didn't talk me through it. And his final words to me were, you got to do what you got to do. So I, I put down the phone and I wrote him an email and said, look, I'm dropping you as my estate agent. Um, and we're going back on the market with your competitor. And we don't even want the, the seller that you've got. <laughs> so, really? <laughs> I thought you did say to me, you got to do what you want to do. And you wouldn't talk to me about it. So wow too bad his the boss then weighed yeah. in and sorted it out yeah. it's like hang on a minute mate you just cost my company however much money like what? Yeah. yeah i thought well, yeah, there's one thing not giving empathy to the person who's buying the house you know but the person who's paying your commission i don't think i was being tricky but you know even if i was you know <laughs> you could have talked me through it um oh. so yeah that was that wasn't particularly good wow. it worked out in the end actually that email did work out very well but yeah I, I think that's yeah as you said you know they've just got to be able to listen to people and talk them through all these sort of nuances and ups and downs imaginary or real <laughs> I think there is a reputation though for estate agents to um to be untrustworthy and to just say whatever needs to be said in order to get a sale yeah. and and I think you've got people behaving like that, but then you've also got really decent estate agents who seem like, like yourself, Ollie. And, um, but you just seem like, yeah, okay, well, look, this is my job and I'm going to do it as best as I can. And you know, the most professional way, and I'm going to listen to you and help you as buyers. But, and actually the house we got now was because I think Claudio, you know, we'd, we'd started to build a relationship with her and just say, look, do you have anything coming on? Like we are really, we're ready here. And she was like, actually, yeah, we've got something coming on in a couple of weeks. And I then followed up straight away. Like we've seen it from the outside. We really want to see it. We really want to see it. And that's how we got our house that we're about to buy because we were the first to see it. And yeah, actually, Ollie, I've got a question for you. Oh, go on. So this is something that I've been really wondering about, about this whole kind of process of selling a house. So particularly about people putting the, or, or saying they're not going to put it on right move and they're going to get uh, viewings beforehand as this way of, you know, kind of getting you into the property nice and early before, you know, anyone else gets to see it. Do you think that is that genuinely a thing that people do? Or, as I suspect, it's a way of getting people to put in an offer onto a property before it goes onto right move so that when you get that big rush of people that want to come and see it, you're showing it to them as a property with an offer already on it. And there's that sort of fear of missing out thing going on. Uh, so I guess two answers to that question. First one is that some people actually don't want their property to be on right move. They don't want their neighbours to know that they're moving sometimes or they don't want um, they don't want it exposed to the market, particularly, it, it, I guess, particularly if it's something that may be priced a bit high. What people don't want, people hate their properties being sat on the market for a long time, not moving, right? So like, it just looks stale and the inevitable questions come up of why hasn't this sold? So there's that answer to that question. So sometimes it could be that the client doesn't want something to go online, but they're happy to do viewing. So they're happy to get photos done and, and have a P, like PDF details to send out to people but they don't want it to go online. Like, funnily enough, that's the one that we saw together that you actually offered on that didn't get, and it didn't work out. Mm. They didn't want it to go online because she, um, she like lost her job or, or I think we've been made redundant. And so 
they were potentially having to move for financial reasons and didn't want their yeah. neighbours to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that answer to that question. And But then if you can sell something on the first viewing, that is like the dream because your, your profit, your pounds per hour on it are way higher than if you have to do like 10, 20 viewings on it. So okay, if you can get someone like yeah. you guys who comes to see something before it even goes online and get an offer that's at the right level, that's the dream because you just it's just straight profit it's not you know you're not wasting time on on people who aren't going to buy it so for me i would always say i'd be surprised if it's if an estate agent used a tool like that to then get other people in because an agent like that would should just make up a figure to be like yeah i've got an offer at this level and just make it up because if they're that type of person who's gonna go out there find someone to look at the property, then encourage them to make an offer and then just use that to get other people to make higher offers, you might as well just make it up. <laughs> because, like, the, the amount well, that's of effort... Good to hear. That's good to hear. I'm, 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 you've, you've managed to dispel my conspiracy theory. This is good. <laughs> um, I think that's all the questions that I had for you. Thank you so much for coming on and talking about your experience. I really, really appreciate it. And um, there was in no way... Um, an obligation for you to say how nice I am but I appreciate that you said that anyway well you say that but (laughs) also you are hopefully selling us our house so we need to uh, you know well yeah I guess technically there is that aspect but that's Claudia that's not me I'm I'm nothing to do with it certainly but But thank you so much I really appreciate it and you know if you need any advice give me a call I know Claudia's got you sorted out but if you need anything just give me a call and I'll do what I can Nice yeah, one. Um, and no. come over, come over for a cup of tea once we move yeah, in. Yeah, definitely. Bye. Bye. So there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. Um, as always, if you have any questions or if you want to be on the podcast, you can find me at Sold Podcast on Instagram and also my personal account at Ollie Lucraft. Do get in contact if you have any questions about property, about finding somewhere or about selling. Anything that I speak about on the podcast and any advice that comes from it is based on my experience. It's not legal or financial advice. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week and we'll speak next week.